eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? Nathan King here from the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody about one of our great sponsors here on the 24-7 Sports Network, and that is Homefield Apparel. What is Homefield Apparel? You guys, the premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis that produces incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs like Auburn and all of their great logos and designs um, that they've had throughout their history. Homefield digs through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your school. Obviously, one of their most popular collections is the Auburn collection now. Now over 20 pieces in total on their site, Homefield Apparel. Dot com. If you guys were anywhere on social media, you you were part of the Peacock movement. Um, if you're an Auburn fan of the Auburn basketball season, they've got a great Peacock shirt and Peacock hoodie that says Auburn Hoops. Easily my favorite design of theirs. Um, it's a great, great piece of uh, piece of work for an Auburn fan to pick up to commemorate this basketball season. You guys can still get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com with the code Auburn Undercover. That's all caps, all one word. Auburn Undercover. Please go check it out. You guys love their product, have loved it for a really long time. If you guys have been anywhere in the world of college athletics in the past couple of years in terms of social media, like I talked about, they have been phenomenal. They've done a really good job of branding themselves and they back it up with a great product. And Auburn is one of their biggest sellers, like that new Peacock uh, jacket I was just telling you guys about. So be sure to go pick that up. Get 15% off your first purchase. Again, promo code, all caps, Auburn Undercover at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. We have our first Power 5 edition of the Roundtable here, recording on a Thursday, or excuse me, recording on a Wednesday evening. You guys will hear this on Thursday morning. It'll be in your feed, so only a couple days now until Auburn takes on Penn State on Saturday in a rematch of what was a great game last season so of course we've got our entire roundtable crew here mark murphy philip marshall and jason caldwell um jason we talked about it the past couple weeks particularly the last game where it just felt like every, we kept on looking forward to penn state 
Um, and, you know, there's only so much you can learn from those small games. We've learned everything we can, and now we actually get to talk about what should be, I, I think on paper, um, a highly, highly competitive matchup. I, I really don't see any one area of this game on either side where any team, either team would be capable of, of blowing the other one away. So um, all that to say, this should be a great, just for your average college football fan, obviously it should be a great day for, for us going in there on Saturday. It should be an awesome game to watch. But um, this this has all the billing to live up to, to last year's game and be a close one again. Yeah, I think it's, it's two similar teams in terms of you look at them and um, neither one of them are teams that you look at and go, that team's going to score 45 on somebody. You just don't see that explosive offense out of either one. Um, you know, there's some some things that are in favor of each team. I think you look at you know, Auburn's depth and at the running in the running back room and, and you know, your running back position and honestly running the football more consistent than, than Penn State. But Sean Clifford is – He's one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the country when you look at him and the things he's done and um, 24 years old. So I think there's positives from both sides. There's question marks from both sides, I think, as well. So, yeah, th- this one sets up to be a fourth quarter game. That's what we had last year at Penn State. I-, I don't expect anything different this Saturday, you know, in that regard as well. Philip, it's the first time in uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium history that uh, a Big Ten team is coming to town. I, I can't say that didn't surprise me. Um, you know, we we knew about last year how long it took Auburn to go play um, against a team currently in the Big Ten. It had been since like the 1930s um, against Wisconsin. But Penn State's coming in here and making a making a little bit of history. I saw in their game notes today. Um, they are 24 and 24 all time against the uh, all time against the SEC. So one of those is is either going up or down on Saturday. But you know, these are the two conferences. Moving forward, people want to call them the power two and say these are, you know, the major movers and shakers for TV deals and all that kind of stuff. Um, but in terms of just a marquee matchup across college football, um, really doesn't matter if these two teams, we, we kind of had the same feeling last year, really didn't matter if these two teams were iffy, you know, how, how good they actually ended up being. Um, people recognize these brands between between Penn State and Auburn, um, and I think that's, that's what makes it such an appealing game this weekend. Yeah, it's uh, – uh... The SEC and Big Ten overall haven't played a lot during the regular season. Uh, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is it's it's hot down here and it's cold up there. So if, you, if unless they want to come down here and play in the heat, probably going to be hard to find the SEC team. You go up there and play in the cold in November. So, but it, it looks to me like an even game. Uh, go either way. Probably whoever makes the most mistakes, but. Uh, I think it'll be a wired up crowd and uh, we should work in Auburn's favor. So, uh, and that's a huge game for this team, this team, this coaching staff. It's just a huge game all the way around. Yeah, Mark, I promise we won't talk about orange jerseys again. We already did that um, earlier in the week and that has dominated a lot of the conversation, which maybe Auburn. (laughs) What'd you say, Phil? I said, it's silly. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see come Saturday. I know we all have our, uh, we all have our doubts. It'd be like, again, like I said, we won't we won't get get too into it since we did that earlier in the week. But even uh, if they don't if they don't end up dropping them, they've they've certainly done a good job getting everybody hyped up um, for the for the orange game on Saturday, regardless. But Mark, you know this game comes down so much to the quarterback position, of course, like like any game would. Um, but on one side, you have a guy who's been such a polarizing figure for Penn State over the past few seasons. I mean. Uh, last year, going into this game, we compared Sean Clifford to Bo Nix a little bit in the sense that 
he's had such high highs and then obviously he made the the head scratching mistakes um you know we we sort of saw quintessential Sean Clifford in that Purdue game where he had the huge mistake to put his team down and then ends up bringing his team back to to win the game with the long drive um and then on the other side you've got a guy in 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 TJ Finley who you know obviously this is one of the bigger starts of his career he obviously started against Alabama but now he is the full-time guy um it really feels like whoever walks away with the better quarterback performance in this game will have a will have a pretty good job of winning and on the flip side, if you're Auburn, you absolutely cannot allow. We talked about it earlier this week. We you cannot allow Sean Clifford to complete 87 and a half percent of his passes in this game, and that's something Auburn players told us this week that they they're focused on stopping the slants and those quick passes because they know they can't have him doing that again. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. You know, to me, the Mercer game was sort of like salad with low calorie dressing on it, and then we got soup last week with. And it had a little more kick than Auburn was expecting and a little more meat in it. So it ended up being a four-quarter game. But this is main course uh, this Saturday. And we'll get a real read, I think, on you know whether Auburn is good enough to be a competitive team in the SEC. And uh, you, that quarterback situation is a big part of determining how good Auburn's going to be. I really believe Auburn's got to hit some more plays in the 10 to 20, 15 yard range to be more effective and open up running lanes for Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, or whoever's running the football. And, uh, you know, I don't think Auburn's offensive line is big enough, strong enough, and good enough to uh, fight off eight in the box from Penn State. I think Penn State's going to challenge Auburn to throw the ball down the field, and T.J. Finley needs to step up and have a really good game. So I think that's hugely important. And, you know, I think you're exactly right about stopping Sean Clifford. Um, he's very good at checking down and throwing underneath. Um, so to keep him from doing that a whole lot, it's important that Auburn has a good, consistent pass rush. And, you know, through two games, the pass rush probably hasn't been up to what the Auburn defensive players were hoping it would be. So that'll be something to watch, too, on Saturday, guys. Yeah, Jason, in your in your offensive preview of Penn State, it's – you noted, obviously, a guy like Nick Singleton um, has been a great addition for them. That's an area they just didn't have this kind of player in this game last season. You're talking about a possible X factor. Um, they're one of the worst teams in college football running the ball. They, they, they didn't really do it much in this Auburn game. Last year, Auburn on the flip side had 160-plus rushing rushing yards between uh, between Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bixby. Um, but you look at that guy, Singleton, and he, he really kind of gives Penn State a a different element and it seems like they've they've got more they've got some improvement going in their run game as compared to again what was mostly a non-factor for them last season yeah i mean you look last year auburn outgained penn state almost by 100 yards in that game the turnovers were even and auburn still lost by eight points um so it's 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 a very different type and it's a different world right now but penn state does they got the ability to have to hit the home run when, when nicholas singleton he was a the five star the number one running back in the country uh you look at him and you know, 10 carries for about 30 yards in the opener against Purdue. Last week he had 10 carries for 179 yards uh, in, in that game, uh, two touchdowns, uh, had a 70-yarder. Um, Katron Allen is a true freshman. He's going to play as well. They're going to play two true freshmen at running back. They're going to play a true freshman at quarterback and Drew Aller, another five-star guy. But, you know, this is this is a game where you look and, and to me, the, the keys go to quarterback. You mentioned it earlier. I, I mean, I think – Running game is always going to be important, but I, I think unless you're running for 250 
in, in a game like this, which I don't see either team doing that. Um, unless you're doing those things, you're going to have to make plays in a passing game. And last year it was, you know, when you, when you look at this game, uh, Penn State made a few more of those than Auburn did, and it was the difference in the game. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, kind of when you're turning it over, how you're turning it over. Um, it was a big deal as well. You know, Penn State's interception was a ball that was thrown, you know, deep at the end of the half. Um, was a meaningless almost a punt. Whereas Auburn turns it over and Penn State scores a touchdown off of it. That's a huge difference in the game. Even though your turnovers are, are even, the turnovers were not the same. And so, um, yeah, I look at it and, you know, if Penn State can run it, that's going to be a big problem for Auburn. Uh, you know, I think both these teams, you're looking at it going, can, can you slow the run enough down to – to force teams into second long and third and long situations, whichever team does that the best, is going to have a big opportunity. Yeah, Philip, we we saw it in this game last season. You know, despite despite what Clifford did with his arm, um, Auburn's defense didn't play a terrible game, but there were just so many factors um, that were sort of unfortunate for them. You had Owen Papo's injury um, in that in that game, which he talked about this week as being. You know, he said, "You know, that was even some friendly fire, which made it made it a little bit more." unfortunate for him of course you have the targeting call um against Zachary McLean like Jason just mentioned you know making sure that if you if you're Auburn if you get a turnover you know you make it worth your while um because these are the kinds of games now just because of the magnitude of it um you've Auburn if you're Auburn you have the crowd behind you um if if there are going to be any of those kinds of moments in this game um where a guy gets ejected for targeting if you got an injury if you got a turnover Auburn definitely has to take advantage of those um, and particularly on offense, be able to come away with with more than just more than just a field goal at the end of drives, and be able to be able to finish it off against what should be a good defense. Well, that's something I was about to mention is they both scored four times last season, but Auburn kicked two field goals. You're going to need to you're you're going to need to score when you when you got the opportunity in this game. And uh, I I'm probably a little bit different than y'all. I don't think. Uh, if he if he completes seventy percent of his passes for five or six yards or seven yards, I don't think that's a big deal. I think the team that runs the ball and keeps the other team from running it is going to be the team with the best chance to win. If either one of them can do that, and uh, uh, I don't know who that is. I, I don't. Uh, uh, Albert has had. It's been hard to get a read on Albert's running game. They they played a lot of guys. And uh, uh, last year, Tank Bixby was really good in this game, even though he was rather upset about being taken out, I think, on the last play of the – when they were going for two. uh, Well, not when they were going for two, when they were trying to score and go for two. But anyway, I I think it's going to be a physical game. It's going to come down to the same things football games always come down to. Don't turn it over. Uh, don't give up, don't don't give up uh, big plays, and uh, uh, take advantage of your opportunities. So we have that uh, we have that joint thread going on our on our site, and then Penn State site um, between all the all the message boards. And something I was talking to a Penn State fan about, Mark was, you know, they said, yeah, talking about Auburn's defensive front, and they said, well, isn't that the same group that you know couldn't get. Couldn't get much pressure with just three or four guys in this game last season, and you know it kind of made me realize this group I think took a took a big step forward, or maybe over the course of last season. And then obviously it's big that you bring um, everybody back, but that is a key I think as well when you look at 
Um, you know, a guy like Clifford, you mentioned earlier, trying to get pressure on him and 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 create some mistakes. Um, because from everything I've been able to gather and, and talking to our our folks over at the the Penn State site, that their offensive line is kind of in the same situation it's been as as Auburn's over the past few seasons, where they've had some bright spots, maybe have been a little bit better in pass protection than in the running game. Clearly, by what they did last season, but. You know, this is the most physical. The Auburn players talked about this week. This is a step up. You you wrote about it, Mark. Step up in physicality at every single position, particularly in the trenches. Um, this is not a killer offensive line, though. And so th- this is the game where, you know, Derek Hall came back, Ekuliota came back. This is a game where you're going to need those guys to to make a difference when, like Jason said, when it gets to those third and long type situations. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Auburn decides to pressure the quarterback. We haven't seen much linebacker blitz or corner blitz occasionally some corner blitzes and from the uh, star nickel position and occasionally like a safety blitz but not much and uh, you know I'm curious to see if Auburn takes sort of a bend but don't break attitude or really decides to go after them and uh, and not just in third down and long situations so um, you know I've seen over the years really Good offenses coming to Jordan Hare when the crowd really gets into it, gets loud. Uh, they have some problems, you know, stepping back and trying to do the traditional three, four step drop and throw passes because it, folks get amped up and get after the quarterback. And Auburn's got some guys capable of doing that. So I'm curious to see what happens. Penn State's got three new starters on the offensive line. Last year, they didn't run the ball well against Auburn, 33 carries for. 84 yards, which is not very good. And just looking at their statistics for the whole year running the ball, they were below ordinary in the in the Big Ten. So I do think that freshman we mentioned, uh, Singleton, is a potential difference maker. So uh, to me, you know, watching how he runs the ball is a big factor. Watching how who's ever playing quarterback for Auburn a particular play most likely T.J. Finley throws the ball. Those are big X factors to watch on each each side, guys. Yeah, speaking of X factors, you know, Jason, they you know obviously have to replace an NFL receiver in, in Jahan Dotson, but Mitchell Tinsley has been no slouch for them um, so far. He's been, their, he's been their number one guy. They still have Parker Washington. Um, they still have a couple pretty good tight ends. Auburn, I think, in this game, you know, we look, you look at what happened last season. It was sort of dink and dunk for them. They had some bigger throws to the tight end, but they were able to get it across the middle to, to Dotson and Washington over and over again. Auburn doesn't have that same sort of setup in their, in their passing game right now. Um, and so you just, if you're Auburn, I think we always go back to it in the passing game. We've talked about it over and over again, but the explosive plays for them um, are going to be massive. And, you know, they posted earlier this week about Javarius Johnson. You know, he leads the SEC in yards per reception. He's only got eight targets. That's something you pointed out Correct. through the first couple games. Um, and he's looked good. He's looked good in every opportunity um, that he's gotten. But those are, you know, those downfield throws we saw, maybe not this season, but we saw last season, you know, TJ Finley miss a couple of miss a couple of deep shots to a guy like Chick Dawson in the in the bowl game. There's one other one I can't think about. Those are those those downfield plays and those explosive plays are are, are some that Auburn has to get in this game if, like Philip talked about, if they're going to you know, turn in touchdowns at the end of drives instead of having to settle for field goals like they did last year. Yeah, you know, Mitchell Tinsley comes to Penn State from West Kentucky. He caught 87 passes last year for 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. 
I, I would guess that's probably closer and and more than Auburn's wide receiver group combined for their careers. And I'm sure it is, uh, you know, from, from every, in every perspective, doesn't mean that it'll show up Saturday, but that guy's been a playmaker and he did it against Purdue early on, didn't play much last week, but he's had, you know, touchdown in both games. Um, he, yeah, he's, he's a potential difference maker for this team and, you know, for this Auburn secondary, how do they respond? Um, do they, would you see those guys trying to step up and play a little tighter? Um, I think they, they need to. Um, that's, that's something that's, that's a, a big key for this team. And, um, you know, I think you look at it and, um, you know, that's, you look at the completion percentage last year, those were chain movers. And, you know, that was basically an extension of the running game last year. It was so easy. And, and that's what we saw Mercer do San Jose State. They, they, those were running plays, essentially. They were, you know, those were handoffs. And, um, you know, Auburn's red zone defense was, was better last week. But the issue was they allowed five red zone opportunities to San Jose State. Um, that's that's not good, um, and that's something that has to change. And on the flip side, Auburn's been pretty good in the red zone so far, but they've done it against Mercer and San Jose State. It's going to be more difficult moving forward to score touchdowns in a red zone. Um, it's hard when you do that. That's where those chunk plays come in. they got to find a way to score some plays from outside the 20-yard line, um, You know, some, some passes that where, where guys are scoring. And so – um, it's a big, it's a big deal for me. I look at it and I, I think it's, uh, it's an absolute must for Auburn to be able to throw the football down the field somewhere to make plays, you know, hey, throw it, throw an eight yard pass and turn it into a 40 yard gain and score. Those are things this offense has to have to score enough points to, to win a game like this. I, and, and unless they get some, unless this defense can turn it over and give them in some field position where they can get a, a couple of extra possessions, um, that, that could be a way that they could, could kind of close the gap a little bit, but, um, they got some work to do. Around how many points, Jason, do you think Auburn has to have to to win this game? Is it is it for me? Twenty four gives you a good shot. It's, it's not too high, I don't think. I, I, I don't. I don't have this. I, I I think my pick was Auburn twenty seventeen. I think this is a lower scoring yep. game than it was last year. I think this is going to be a grinded out couple of field goals here there. Um, I just don't see a lot of points being scored by either team in this game personally. Yeah, I just say that to say you know, those those explosive plays you're talking about. You hit one in the first half. You know, let's say you break away for a long touchdown. Um, that that could probably matter in a big way down the stretch of the game, just because we expect this to be difficult drives for both teams. I don't expect this to be anything easy. And so, if you can break away some of those, that's going to be a big deal. Um, we noticed Brian Harson this week. The intensity, I think, cranked up. A um, little less jokes in the in the press conference setting. Um, you know. Maybe, you know, the, sort of, the, again, like we talked about, the magnitude of this game. Um, everybody on both sides obviously has that that focus now. But, uh, Philip, you know, all offseason, it was, you know, the, the only thing we could say over and over again about Harson's situation this year was that wins are going to do it, that he just has to go out there and win games. And the season has already started, but most everybody expected them to win those those first two games. This now begins the schedule that we've talked about all offseason where, Eh, I mean, you shrug your shoulders. None of these games are, are givens one way or another, obviously like the Georgias and the Alabamas are, but this is the first of many games on Auburn's schedule where you can tell by the spread this is pretty evenly matched. Um, and these are the kind of games that Brian Harson has to get down the stretch. Maybe not this game, but, you know, games like this has to get more of them than he, than he doesn't in order to start to add to that win total. Well, you know, no, you, it's, it, it would not be fair to say the third game of the season – uh, if you lose it, it's over by any means. 
But if if you lose this game, I mean, being honest, based on what you what most people believe and what we have seen, uh, Penn State is not very close to the uh, top of the heap of the team Auburn's got left to play, and uh, this is a winnable game, or should be. And you and they really really need to win it because if you don't then the whole whole atmosphere of negativity and questions and hot seats and all that stuff just gets louder and louder. And, uh, and you know, as much as players like to say they don't pay attention to all that stuff, the fact is they do, and they can't escape it because they're like every other 20-year-old. They're on their phones all the time. So uh, it's a huge game. I think it's a much bigger game for Auburn because they're at home than it is for Penn State, to be honest with you. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, and there's you know there's not a ton of uh, there's there's one guy Jason I I don't remember his name exactly I know he's a wide receiver uh, apparently played at Pike Road um, was 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 teammates with Marcus Harris but other than that you know this is not necessarily like we talked about with conference to conference this is uh, this is not anybody not many people coming back to their to their home state or anything like that but at the same time when you when you looked at when you talked to players this week um, many of them have said when we go to study the film on these guys it. It kind of just reminds us of already. We feel like we're already in the SEC schedule. Um, when you look at what they do on defense, when you look at the kind of you know, coverage they play, when you look at what they scheme with their defensive front, obviously the physicality of the lines of scrimmage. This is this is a lot like an SEC game getting started. Um, you know, conference play almost getting started about a week early for Auburn. So, um, Mark, we will uh, we'll have you start us off with your your first. Your you'll be the first one to predict Saturday's game. Obviously, everybody. As usual, can go check out the the fearless forecasters at our website um, to see our you know everybody's full predictions for this game and the rest of the games, the SEC and beyond for the weekend. But um, you know, biggest game of season by far for Auburn so far. Maybe we'll end up being one of the bigger ones when we look at it at the very end because of the kind of momentum they could maybe give themselves to 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 do well in this five game home stretch. What do you see happening on on uh, on Saturday in front of uh, a lot of people wearing orange? Maybe the players, but. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, I see a lot of ways for Auburn to win this game, but I, you know I'm just not sure they're going to do it. I'm really not. Uh, last year, they didn't do well in close games and the one-score games, and until they go out and win a couple of those, I'm going to maintain a healthy skepticism. Uh, I'm going to pick Penn State 27-24. 
but I could see it easily flip the other way around too. So I'm looking forward to seeing the game. I think it's a really interesting matchup. I uh, wish they played more of these games and less Auburn versus San Jose State games. All right, Jason, which uh, which side are you leaning here? Yeah, I said 2017. I, I'm going to go with the home field here. Uh, I, I just – I don't know. Uh, I think it's a toss-up. This is the in, – in the true sense of the word, this is a toss-up game for me. Um, I think Philip mentioned earlier, um, you know, you, you come out through a couple of interceptions, that's the difference in the game like this. Uh, Auburn has to play mistake-free and, and get a couple of those they haven't gotten before. Um, but I, I, I'm going to lean toward the home field in this one and uh, go 2017 Auburn. Philip, we've seen a bunch of great non-conference games for Auburn over the past few years. Oregon was awesome. Uh, Washington was a better game than people give it credit for. It was also a great game. Even back, I was a freshman when they nearly beat Deshaun Watson and Jordan Hare and, and Sean White had a hit. Sean White, who probably should have been playing the whole game, threw a, threw a Hail Mary there, and uh, they almost beat number two Clemson. So this one has, again, all of the billing of uh, – of what should be a great game, but uh, what's uh, what's your prediction for what will happen on Saturday? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Jason. I think the home field advantage is a huge thing here. It's uh, Plus, I mean, you know, I don't know what Auburn is right now, but I don't know what Penn State is either. And Penn State has not been great for a while now. Uh, I think their last 22 games are 11 and 11. Is that right? Something like that. So, uh, um, I think that – I think it takes to, – to, in a big game, to beat Auburn at Jordan-Hare Stadium, uh, it takes a lot. And uh, it takes a really good team that not making mistakes. And uh, uh, because I think – let's go back to the Iron Bowl last year. There's no question that the crowd affected Alabama's offense. And, uh, and I think the same thing is likely to happen Saturday uh, as long as the game is close. So I look for it to be a close game that could go either way, but I picked Auburn 27 to 23. All right, we'll be a, we'll be a nice even split here. Um, I'm going with Penn State 24 to 17. Like, like Mark said, I wouldn't be shocked at all, like both Philip and Jason bring up great points about why Auburn could win this game. Like you said, Mark, there are tons of avenues for Auburn to win this game. That would not be um, overly surprising, but it's kind of still that show me attitude um, from, from this Auburn team right now until this passing game can show me that they can improve um, until they can, you know, keep Penn state from scoring 24, 27 points, which I think they can definitely do. Um, you know, I, I kind of go with what is maybe a little bit more proven of a team right now on, on both sides of the ball. Although I do think Auburn's defense has a ton of dudes. And I think if Auburn's going to win this game, there is an opportunity here. You know, they haven't created a turnover in the first couple of games. What are the odds they go three straight games without a, getting a turnover? I think that's probably really low. Um, so maybe just the they odds. Better, of, they better not be good. Yeah. And so the, you know, the odds of, you know, the, the law of percentages, I think maybe could play a factor here um, for Auburn. And then also Sean Clifford's not going to do what he did in the game last season. He's not, he's not going to come anywhere near that. I don't think. Um, and if he does, Auburn will probably lose the game. And so, but again, I just, I kind of go with what Penn state's got um, at quarterback and, and on their, their side, offensive side of the ball. Um, just a little bit more of a proven commodity to me at this point. But if Auburn does win this game, 
it's great for them in the in the five game home stretch to get off to a good start. Um, gives them a real good opportunity to go five and zero. I think. I think it definitely gives them a great opportunity to go four and zero. If you can beat Penn State, you can definitely beat Missouri um, the next week. So we will see what happens. Um, as usual, guys, we'll we'll close out and kind of just give our general thoughts on uh, the weekend's games. Uh, BYU and Oregon is, I believe, is that the only ranked versus ranked game this weekend? I think it is. I think it's the only one I'm looking here. No, never mind. Miami and Texas A&M. So you had those two. To me, I'm I'm obviously more intrigued to see uh, Miami and Texas A&M. Mark, you were talking about how big that spread was. Um, between those two, th- between those two teams, you'd expect Texas A&M to bounce back. Miami's in the top fifteen, and they haven't been super, super impressive yet this season. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Texas A&M wishes they had their quarterback back, Zach Calzada. Boy, that was a pretty brutal offensive performance last week. Thirty-eight plays for an entire game, and part of it was because App State was really good at ball control, but part of it was Texas A&M just wasn't making anything happen on offense. So I think it's an interesting game. I think Texas a and is going to win, but uh, I don't have a lot of faith in the Aggies right now. I think they'll be a lot better team when they get to Auburn later in the season than they are right now. You get uh, you get an SEC West opener as well between Mississippi State and LSU. This was the game that a couple years ago, this was Mike Leach's first, was this his first game? At Mississippi State? Yes, it was. Yeah, they went out there and played great. Yeah, that was... LSU didn't cover a single receiver the whole game. No. No. That was uh, was KJ Costello. They set the SEC passing record in that game. Probably won't be... So would you have if he had been playing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they they had no idea how to stop it. Um, I don't think it'll be the same case on, on Saturday, but at the same time, Mississippi State's playing nice to start the season here. Um, you know, LSU bounced back pretty well. This is, this is one where Jason, I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, figuring out and getting some data on these two teams and, you know, similar to Auburn playing Penn state, you're going to find out more about these two and when they, uh, when they kick off conference play. Yeah. I would say that the over under on pass attempts for that game is going to be a hundred <laughs> LSU. LSU's going to throw it, throw it all over the place. Uh, we know what Mississippi state's going to do. Um, I don't know. I, I just I, I just don't know how good LSU's defense is. I picked them to win the game because it, they're at home, and I can't imagine they lose two times in a row to Mississippi State. I think the last time, maybe the only time that happened was in the early 80s. Um, I don't know. I, 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 this LSU team, how do they bounce back? Um, is Florida State maybe better than we – a little bit better than we thought they were and, and give a little bit more credit to LSU there? We know there's talent. And, uh, you know, they got some guys in the secondary that can run. You know, I don't know. I just don't know how it's going to turn out. But I picked LSU just because hey, they're at home. And um, but you know, Mississippi State's—they're playing defense pretty good. If LSU doesn't run it at all, and they try to match blow for blow and, and a bunch of passes, then um, I don't like their chances. But I do like the chances that game lasting four hours. Jason, how many were you the one who brought up how many straight non-conference wins for Oregon? Yes, at home. Is it was it 117? I think it's 117, something like that. Is that right? Jesus gracious, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was, I was, I'll, have to, I'll have to find it. I think that was the first I've heard of it. But you know, I, I think most people would probably um, lean Oregon in that game. Although BYU had a really nice game, obviously uh, last week against Baylor. Uh, Philip Bo had a nice bounce back performance. Speaking of speaking of good performances in week two, um, we think had five total touchdowns against. Uh, against Eastern Washington. So 
you know, he gets he gets an opportunity to uh, to go out there against another good team that isn't full of, you know, 20 NFL players on defense and maybe try to maybe try to get a, a you know, a good ranked win for his new team. Right. I, I think it's a big game for Bo, you know, to kind of co- completely wash away what happened in the first game when he really didn't have much of a chance. But uh, uh, I'm not a BYU believer. Uh, I mean, I think they're good, but I, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how how they perform when they have to start playing in the conference week in and week out. But that's in the future. Uh, I, I liked Oregon. I like Oregon to win that game because they're playing at home, which is huge for them usually. And uh, and I just believe they're a better team than. I mean, it was a, a the Georgia thing was a essentially a road game. A new coaching staff, something that the players on that team, I mean, Bo had seen it before, but most of those players hadn't seen anything like that before. And uh, it was, they were just overwhelmed. And uh, the final analysis 48 to 3, 21 to 3, doesn't really matter. You lost. And uh, uh, I'm going to be surprised if Bo doesn't have a good year. And, uh, uh, and to be honest, I hope he does. He's, he's a good guy that played really hard for Auburn. And uh, I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. And, uh, uh, but anyway, I like Oregon to win the game. And I also like Miami to beat Texas A&M. I, you know, I, I get sometimes, I guess, um, when I look at Texas A&M and LSU and I hear all the talk about talent, but, I mean, LSU is going on is going after their third consecutive non-winning season. Talent or not, there's something wrong. Uh, you play as badly as Texas. It's not like Texas A and M went out there and it's just one of those games where you fumble it around all night long and you gain 500 yards and the other team gains 200 yards, but they take advantage of few turnovers and and beat you. Uh, I mean, Appalachian State clearly deserved to win the game. It really probably – it should have been a little closer. I mean, shouldn't have been quite as close as it was. So, uh, until Texas A&M shows me something, and and as long as they don't put a place on the scoreboard for recruiting rankings, I'm going to be uh, – I'm going to be very skeptical of them, and I, I think Miami have a good chance to go in there and beat them. Yeah, I think the the statistic I read after after that game was amazing. It was like eight. Uh, was, how many how many five stars Texas A and M signed in this class? I think it was eight in this uh, in this immediate class, and then it's like App State has signed seven top one thousand players ever on the in yeah, the history right. of their, <laughs> in the history of their roster. Um, and so the only argument, I mean. Coaching is the well, well and here, here's the thing all it takes is one. They could play 500 times, Texas and they may win yep. 499 of them, yeah, right. But, but there's but all it takes is one, and and it's it's easy to do, um, early in the year, especially you know, you got a you got a new quarterback and all that pressure. Now they got more pressure, um, you know, now you, you've lost that game, you know, what the schedule is like. There's not a layup left for Texas and until November. They don't. They don't have a layup on the schedule till November. That's it. And so um, the pressure went from, hey, we got the pressure to be a top top ten team to, they got the pressure of, hey, we got to avoid a losing season if we don't watch out. Yeah, the game that I have no idea who's going to win 
is Mississippi State at LSU. I mean, I just don't have any kind of feel whatsoever. Went back and rewatched uh, LSU against Southern, um, and the, that was a crazy game. But LSU looked really athletic, big, strong, and fast. But they looked absolutely inept, uh, just as organizational-wise, in game one. They were certainly a lot better in game two, but uh, Mississippi State's played better so far this season. But uh, the game's in Baton Rouge, and this is a little bit of an underrated robber game. It's not as big as Ole Miss and LSU, but Mississippi State and uh, LSU aren't big buddies, and uh, those games tend to be kind of physical and intense, so it should be a fun one to watch. You know, Mississippi State, I think, is I saw it's like a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Wonder how many times Mississippi State's ever been favored in Baton Rouge? No, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's probably your answer right there. I don't, I don't <laughs> not, like not, not many, if any. <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah, they've played. They've played pretty well this season. I saw that uh, with Mike Leach, which he's always a he's always a trip. He's a couple uh, coaches before Harson on the Wednesday teleconference, but today he said uh, Brian Kelly is not a sweater wearer. And uh, and so, of course, somebody asked him to follow up on that. And he said, well, you know, the coaches that sit on the sideline and don't actually, you know, have a hand in anything, don't actually coach anything. Um, they just want to sit there and look nice in a sweater. He's not one of those guys. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know any yeah. coach in America that doesn't uh, that doesn't do stuff on the Yeah, sideline. you know, <laughs> the interesting thing about this one, too, I mean, Mississippi State, they, they kicked off at 10 o'clock our, our time yeah. in Arizona last week. You, you, we, we've heard coaches talk about it. You basically lose a day. I mean, they're a day behind LSU in in getting ready for this game and because LSU played Southern. They're they're done over with. They're moving on, and and Mississippi State hasn't kicked off yet. Uh, and so you know that could yeah that's a long road trip for a team early in the season uh, to come back and have to start over and get going. So that that's one that's that's interesting. Uh, Another league game I don't think is going to be interesting is South Carolina Georgia. I, I just I, I thought maybe early in the year they might have a little something for them, but watching Arkansas run up and down the field against South Carolina last week, I don't like uh, I don't like the Gamecocks' chances of slowing down the Bulldogs very much on Saturday. Yeah, I mean maybe that was so that I was going to bring up the uh, a couple more games that are here at the top because they're a game on Friday and then an early game on Saturday morning. Yeah, I mean it, you know. You want to see if South Carolina can maybe give them a fight, um, especially especially being at home in this game. Um, you know, maybe obviously you think your defense is going to have a better chance against Georgia's offense than the than the other way around. But I mean, Spencer Rattler has had you know his handful of mistakes already um, early on in the season, and so going up, you know, is, is he is he that much better of a quarterback than than a guy like Bo Nix? And then you saw what Georgia what Georgia did to that offensive approach, but. Um, Friday, there's a really interesting game, Florida State at Louisville. Maybe a game that two yeah. weeks ago, two weeks ago, I wouldn't have maybe said that, but two teams that are that are, I want to say playing well right now. Louisville didn't play well week one, but then turned around and uh, and got a great win last week. So, um, I, that was one I'm on the fence about too. I, 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 uh, I get to I get to I get the advantage of being the last one to send in my my picks before I I publish them, and so that's one I'm still like Mark said about the. Mississippi State LSU game. I'm. I don't know which way to lean on that one because, you know, hey, it's not fair for you to look at everybody else's picks first. Now, 
Oh, I don't see. I don't. I'm. I'm. It's. It's all. It's all tunnel vision. It's all. Tunnel uh-huh. vision. I, I stay in my own. Uh, I stay in my own. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to look here. I think that's. Uh, I mean, like we were talking about, this isn't the the greatest week of games. Certainly, um, you know, Auburn that non conference matchup. Michigan State going at Washington is also, I think, a really interesting game. That's another fun non conference matchup there. That's uh, later in the day, so, so Auburn fans will be able to catch that after their game but uh, we'll probably we'll probably call it there and uh and wrap that up so like i mentioned you guys can go um check out all of our picks on uh starting thursday afternoon thursday mid-morning afternoon on the site um and then yeah so we'll have uh we'll have the pregame podcast recorded that today as well with daniel gallon um that'll be up late friday night for you guys to listen to um before the game and then we'll uh and then we'll get into it at 2.30 on Saturday. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, please go and leave us a five-star review. That is the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until the next episode, which will be, again, that pregame show, giving you guys your last-minute fix on Penn State with Mr. Daniel Gallon from Lions 24-7. We will catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the rest of the week. It is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.